Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my lit yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. I have a very uplifting guest today on my Friday with Friends. I'm welcoming Cami Linville Rogers, also known as the Freckled Foodie. Cami, I've known since she was just a teenager bopping around because I was dear friends. I'm dear friends with her mom, who has been a longtime yoga client, I think over 20 years and a friend. And it's been such a pleasure to watch Cami grow into this lovely young woman who is now a very successful and thriving entrepreneur of her own. Welcome, Cami. Thank you. Those are such kind words. You're so sweet. <laughs> well, it's it is wonderful to, you know, I it's so weird to think I'm old enough to have seen somebody in their adolescence and then go through <laughs> and grow up and get married and have, you know, I was going to say come to my wedding. Right. Yeah. It's like I, you know, I remember when my parents would say things like that, like this is when you really feel it. But I just feel like it's 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 been such a pleasure to watch you. And, you know, of course you have this amazing family that I adore and love. And you have one of the most kick-ass moms around. We talk about how much we love Cindy Linville. She's her own. Truly. She's like her own just goddess. (laughs) And, but let's talk a little bit about um, your life and how you, you were always athletic. I remember you being very competitive in high school and then you took that into college. Mm -hmm. And how did you decide from this from your athletic standpoint, like what you wanted to do with your life, like as the mind of an athlete, did that influence the route that you've taken business-wise and where you are today even? Right. So I think for me, I was raised in a very competitive and driven family. My parents are both college athletes and sports just took up our childhood in a great way. And I think looking back that it formed a lot of my characteristics. So I don't think it necessarily led me to my career path. I talked about this on an episode I recorded with my dad on my podcast, but 
it didn't lead to my career path, but it led me to have certain characteristics that then helped me succeed in the career I chose. So for me, I think the most beneficial aspects of sports, both you know, growing up as a child, high school, and then later on college where I played at Lafayette, um, I felt that I learned very great and intense, honestly, um, like <laughs> ability to form a schedule, the ability to like hold yourself accountable, leadership skills, um, working as a team, the grit and determination that it takes to win a game or whatever it may be. And I think those helped me immensely in my first career at JP Morgan, where I was in sales and trading, because I really think that a trading floor is very similar to a field. You know, it's really intense. You're making quick decisions. You have to move on your feet very fast. You're working with a team, but it's also competitive a little bit within the team. But then on a greater spectrum, you're competing against like the similar banks in the field. So I think it really helped me succeed there. And then when I decided to leave JP, I guess now two years ago, I think that my athletic skills have really helped me in the sense of building my own schedule and structure and keeping myself accountable. Because it would be really easy to be your own boss and just lay on the couch and you know not really leave the apartment and do the least amount of work possible. But for me, I'm a very go-getter, determined type of person. Sometimes I'm a little too hard on myself. Um, but I think those skills come from being an athlete. So I think the sports in my childhood have helped me immensely in different ways in my different careers. I see that. I, this is fascinating because I never thought about being on the trading floor as being... And, and honestly, I would oh, like you to take a moment thing. because all I see is like in the movies or right. you know in the news. And I'm always like, what the heck? Are, what is going on here? Why aren't yeah. everybody looking up at the screen, yelling at each other, running around? Like, what is actually going on? Because I have, as a non-financial <laughs> person, like, what is going on? Is that like, do you have to show up and you're on the floor all day like that? So the videos that are always shown in like movies, that's the stock exchange. Okay. So that's a little different. Okay. On an actual trading floor, I wasn't trading stocks. Um, I was trading municipal bonds, but it's still it's like one big massive open floor space with just rows of desks. You know, I always say there's no personal space. You know every single thing about the person that sits next to you or behind you or wherever. You know everything about your team's life. So I'm a nosy people person anyway, so I fit right in. But it's definitely intense. And there are times where you are running around, there are people screaming. You know, There were really intense moments where fights were happening. And then there were very dull moments where the market wasn't doing much. And we were all kind of sitting around waiting for things to happen. So it has very, very extremes. Does it, do you think it attracts adrenaline junkies? Absolutely. <laughs> there's no question. Like That's why I... I say this a lot, but I almost think that majority of my life, I've been rewarded for my anxious behaviors. And so it took a lot for me to realize that they were anxious behaviors because I didn't necessarily know that I had such bad anxiety because everything that it was causing me to do, I was being rewarded for. Yeah. You know, I was succeeding on the sports field as a kid, even though I was very anxious before certain things. I was you know, getting promotions and getting raises at JP Morgan because I was doing stuff instantaneously because the anxious person in me couldn't take the time 
to realize, okay, maybe this doesn't need to be done right away. It was like, I got assigned to this. I have to do it right now. And so it took a long time after leaving that career to unwind and kind of reset my body to realize that not everything has to be on such a hundred mile per hour beat. Yeah. So I know a lot of the people that follow you know your story, but um, Mm -hmm. can you back up and tell us a little bit about how you did decide to leave that environment? Because you, you were, I mean, this is an extraordinarily hard job to get. Uh, It was something you did for a few years after college. So you were rising the ranks, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then you basically quit. Um, yeah. which is <laughs> yeah. brave. You know, it's, it's, that's doing something against the grain. How did you get to that point? So to give the first description of what I'm doing now, so people have a reference, I am now a content creator in the health and wellness space, which you could also call an influencer. I just think content creator is a more well-received and broader definition. But my goal on Freckled Foodie is to make healthy living approachable and to remind everyone that they are never alone in whatever emotion they are feeling. And I do that through my podcast, Instagram, blog, YouTube, and all of those channels. And how I got there, I was working at JP Morgan right out of college. I had interned for two summers before that. And I really loved it. It really, like I said, it fed into all of my personality traits. Um, both good and bad. And I felt like I could really succeed there. And I just loved the energy. I thrived off of that high intensity. And I started to realize around two, three years in that there was a bit of a plateau on the learning curve. And that although it was really exciting in the beginning and everything felt so new, that for me, it felt a little bit mundane and everything was kind of the same. And I noticed that that was my potential future. and. It was nothing against my team or the job. It just started to real. I just started to realize that it wasn't really for me and my personality. It wasn't serving me the best as it should have. And around that same time, I was going through some health struggles, and I started to try these elimination diets to get to the root cause of my digestive health issues. And through that, I started cooking. And I wish I could say that I grew up like cooking on some like pedestal next to my mom all Sunday, but that was not our house. Um, I love my mother to death. I spend so much time with her, but we weren't cooking dinners together. We were eating out of Tupperware in the suburban on our way to practice or SAT tutoring with Mark. And so for me, it was my first real exploration of my own cooking ability And I never really considered myself a creative person, but this all of a sudden became a creative outlet. And while I was doing all this cooking, I started to share things that I was making with my friends. I eventually started an Instagram just so I could put it somewhere. Um, That then turned into a blog so that the recipes could have a home. And I was also in school online for um, health coaching at Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So I was doing all of this while I was still at JP Morgan. And you know, I started to notice how much I loved it. And when there was downtime on the trading floor, I was going to food blogs and health and wellness recipe websites. And I was diving into that. I was writing out what I wanted to cook this weekend. And I wasn't researching stock market changes or municipal bond information. So it started to really become clear to me where my hobbies and heart aligned. And For a long time, I kind of tried to push it to the side because of my ego. I think that I wore my job as a badge of honor. 
it got a lot of respect when I said that I worked at JP Morgan, especially with people older than me. And I am now realizing that I really thrive off of their approval and the payroll. I mean, it, it's a great paying job and it's really hard to ever leave something once that becomes your regular. And I, the fear of, I had no idea what I could potentially do with this freckled cootie. I didn't have a business plan. I wasn't making any money off of it. And so it was really going to be a total leap of faith. And I had kind of come to the conclusion that I just had to stop dreaming of that. It was just going to be a side project. I had a great career ahead of me at JP Morgan. And that was where the rest of my life was going to take me. And then I actually, strangely enough, um, I'm totally fine now, but I got hit by a car while I was crossing the street in New York. And I suffered from a pretty bad concussion. Unfortunately, it wasn't my first. And I was on disability for two months from work. And during that time, everything just became very clear to me. I began my meditation practice. I really could just sit in my apartment and like journal and talk to people because I couldn't be on technology or read or really do anything. And for me, it was such a wake-up call of life is really too short to be doing something I don't love. And I don't believe that everything happens to us for a reason, but I do believe that we can make a positive outcome out of any shitty situation which is what I think I was handed. And so I took it as a sign. I went back to work and I sat down with my boss and was like, I am leaving and I don't really have a plan. I'm going to take a bet. I'm going to place a bet on myself and take a chance and just see where this takes me. And you know, there's a huge privilege that goes into the ability to make that decision. But I had been working very hard and saving money and I didn't know what it was for. And the universe evidently did. And so I took that leap of faith and that was two years ago. And so here I am. That's amazing. That's right. It's right. Two years, right. Yeah, almost almost exactly. two years. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, what I love about your story is that you had this career that mm-hmm. was get, like checking all the boxes, giving you totally. money, giving you security. It was um, giving you like stroking your ego Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like you hated it, but it wasn't your passion. And then you had what, uh, so, cause a lot of people do have like, here's the job and it will serve me so that I can do the hobbies, the things that I'm really right. passionate about. And I think a lot of people out there really want, want to be able to merge the two and, and get this, uh, if you're going to be spending a lot of your time on something, why not spend it on something you're truly passionate about that you've seen mm-hmm. how, changing your diet has helped you. You've seen how learning how to cook doesn't have to be difficult and, and it can right. be fun and interesting. And and so it's it's what you've done is I think kind of with a dream for a lot of people. What kind of tips would you give for someone who is sitting out there and going, you know, again, having the privilege to make that leap of faith. Of Not course. everybody can, we know that. We're, we're acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. And especially in this time, that we're talking yes. when there's a lot of uncertainty, but there are people, it, this is another unfortunate thing that's happening, but maybe there are opportunities within it for people. Absolutely. So what are some tips you would give them for making that leap of faith and working for themselves? So I always, like you said, at first want to acknowledge the privilege that went into the situation that allowed me to do this. Um, however, it also takes a lot of hard work and that should not go unnoticed. And I think people always tell themselves, oh, if I wasn't working this corporate job and I was doing my passion, life would just be sunshine and daisies and I'd be so happy. And I would love to tell you that's the truth, but you probably will end up working harder and more 
And that's fine because for me, I feel fulfilled by that work because it's my project and it's my passion and that's what drives me. But it is really difficult. And yes, you're the boss, but at the same time, the boss is always watching. Um, And so that's something I've been struggling with and trying to find, you know, separating my personal life and work, which is hard when you are your own boss. But for tips on someone who's looking to make their passion project a full-time gig, I would say first, like putting in as much work as you possibly can while doing both. I kind of went against everyone's recommendation of finding a middle ground between JP Morgan and being my own boss. For me, I didn't think it made sense. If there is an opportunity for you to work within that industry to try and get more involved, And to try and continue to build your side hustle, I think that's great. I didn't see that as an option for myself. But before I left, I was getting up at like 4.30 every single morning to make sure that I was able to get my Krakow Foodie work done and work out before work so that I could come home and cook all night. And I was working all weekend long. So you really have to put in the time and then also sit down and assess what will this actually mean. So I sat down and looked at my financials. And again, I... I'm very fortunate that I had been saving money because I was able to set aside money and really look at my lifestyle and figure out where I could cut back and assess how how long can I do this job without potentially making any money or how much am I willing to invest in my own job. Another fortunate thing about Freckle Foodie and the company I built is there wasn't much overhead at all because it's not like I was creating a product or opening a retail or any type of store. So I didn't have any leasing or rental fees. Um, But really sitting down and looking through the financials and budgeting, I sat down and assessed what are the things that I can offer? What would I potentially charge? What could a potential month look like for me? How much money could I be bringing in? How can I grow that? So you do have to have those business focus and financial thoughts. And then just, I mean, you really have to believe in yourself. And so have the conversations with the people that mean the most to you. I always say that we should have a group of five people whose opinions really matter. And then if they approve of everything, it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. So I had the conversations with my husband, who obviously was very important in this decision, my parents, my siblings, and then one or two of my close friends. And I asked them for feedback and I wanted them to be brutally honest. And then the reminder of, fortunately, the corporate world and right now, it's a hard time to say this because I know we're potentially going into a recession, but the corporate world is not going anywhere. And so if you have the ability to take a bet on yourself and do this leap of faith, know that you can potentially go back to either what you were doing, hopefully, or something else in that space. Like No one, in my opinion, would turn down a job applicant who said, you know, I quit my last job because I had this great business plan. I really wanted to see if I could make it happen. Unfortunately, it didn't work, but I learned XYZ and now I'm ready to help your company with the lessons I've learned. That's a great resume builder, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. I agree. Now, how important would you say it has been in your growth these past two years in having other collaborating with other people? or looking to other people as mentors? Like, did you do any of that? Or was it a lot of your own business acumen and talking to your five people? Or did you do some other stuff like collaborating with other people on the platform, getting like following what, you know, like a mentor? Mm -hmm. I always, 
I, I tried to speak to as many people as possible in the business. I definitely did that. I do think it was difficult because the business that I kind of entered is this newer thing. So it wasn't like there were many people, especially older than me, that were doing it that could mentor me. And it's something I'm actually kind of still struggling with is I always say, I wish I had more of a like set mentor in this space. And so I had conversations with tons of people. And my biggest thing is if you're having conversation with someone, you don't want to waste their time. So go into it knowing what you enjoy about your current career and what you don't enjoy and ask them similar questions. Because you might be... you know, I read this once that someone who's hosting job interviews will always ask, what are the current things you don't like about your job? And the person will lay out all of these things and realize that all of those things are the exact same things about the job they're applying for. So really sit back and take note of that. Um, I did meet with a lot of people. Unfortunately, it wasn't anyone specifically in this space, but I definitely took their opinions and lessons to heart. I think I've collaborated with a ton of people in this space, but it was more after I began it full-time. Um, I think it just happened organically as I was growing. I've been really fortunate to form like a group of close friends that are doing similar things and I can use them almost as colleagues and coworkers because we bounce ideas off of each other. We talk about things. We talk about contracts, brands we're working with, rates, you know, things that it's difficult to figure out when you're on your own. And something I've struggled with the most is leaving such a team-oriented job to then being on my own because it's really lonely. And you can go down a pigeonhole of what you're thinking and you could be going the totally wrong direction but not have anyone to pull you out and lead you the right way. So I've been really working on that with people in my space who are kind of like colleagues to me, finding mentors and then starting my own team to have second opinions. Well, I like that because again, it goes back to the athlete, like that, that team and collaboration and that, that you're working with people who are in the same field and in some, well, I I I see this a lot. A lot of people are kind of pitted against each other. I don't know. They they think that, you know, like I'm a yoga teacher. I can't help out another yoga teacher. I'm a, you know, Mm -hmm. food, what is it? Content creator. I I better not like give my ideas to anybody else. Like it's, it's like ridiculous. We're actually going to help each other. And if we, there's so much to go around. I think, I I think you doing that is, is such a great example. Of course, I I know that comes from your background. Um, It's such a great example of how we actually all lift each other when we work together, even if we're doing similar type things, you know, we're always going to be our unique brand. Mm -hmm. So uh, I love that you did that. So any, okay. So a lot of people are, are working from home right now. You know, we're yeah. in the middle of this coronavirus in the U S around the world. Everybody is sequestered to some degree. Mm-hmm. So from going in, in this team atmosphere to working at home, what are some, what are some tips for people who have not worked from home? Who've never had to kind of account for their day. You know, they show up at a different place, whether it's an office or, you know, wherever they're going outside of their mm-hmm. home, their place of work. And now they're doing work from home. What are, what are some, what are your best tips for that? Obviously you're super organized. So everybody should be taking notes because, <laughs> you know, you. Um, it's definitely a life change. So I want to acknowledge that. Like, I think especially the first few weeks are really difficult. I think the first week or two, people are like, this is amazing. I can sit in my bed all day and work. I'm in my pajamas. And my friend texted me actually last week and said, I haven't got out of my pajamas. I haven't left my bed. 
I haven't been down to the apartment in two days and I feel depressed. Is this what your life is like? I'm like, yeah, it's really fun in the beginning. And then you realize you just can't do that. So I actually, I'll send it to you, but I did put together a piece on like a ton of tips during coronavirus, whether it's like TV shows, movies, podcasts, books, but then I also did like a work from home section. Oh, great. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. My number one thing is to like set up some some type of routine or schedule. So I'm a big routine person. So I have a similar routine every morning where I'm waking up, I'm meditating first thing. I'm then taking care of my dog, taking him outside, feeding him. I sit down with like a big glass of lemon, apple cider vinegar, water, and a coffee. And then I'm usually working out first thing. Um, So for me... And it's been really interesting because right now I feel the most structured in my life because my husband is working from home and he is also a structured person. So we built a structure routine in the morning together. And now I'm like sitting at my desk by 9am having worked out, which is not always the case. So setting some type of morning routine for you to stick to and daily schedule. And then also like designating a space in your apartment or home that is your workspace. For me, when I'm at home in New York, it's our dining room. It's our just like table in our... We don't have a living room. We live in an apartment, but whatever that room you want to call it, that is my workspace. And that helped me a lot because in the beginning, I was working kind of all over and then I'd be in the kitchen and I'd feel like I had to empty the dishwasher or I'd go to my bedroom and all of a sudden I realized I had to do laundry. And all of these things that I would never do during a typical workday became accessible. And so designating a workspace is like, okay, I'm here at the desk. It is now time to work. I also like to schedule block. So if I have, I'm a really big to-do list person. Like I'll write things down that I've already done just so I can cross them off. I just love it. I will look at my list and I'll have an ongoing weekly list. And then I'll pick from that for my daily to-do list. So I know those things have to get done that now, day. Do you physically write down everything in your to-do list or do you type it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and, and you do it physical. on a journal or like a spiral notebook or what? I'm just I curious. have a spiral notebook that I call mm-hmm. a journal, but it's yeah. just a spiral, spiral notebook. Note. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I don't bullet journal just because I can't handle the intensity of that, but I know people love it. And then I'll say, okay, I have, say I have to edit a show and upload it and all of that. I'll give myself an hour and a half to do that task and I won't do anything else because I found in the beginning I was going in between working on a blog recipe working on editing a show, answering DMs, answering emails, and the day would end and I feel like I didn't do anything. And so during those blocked periods, I'm only working on one thing and I'm not on my phone. I'll give myself 15 minutes after to like look on social media or text or whatever I need to do, but I'll designate solely work time. Um, so whether it's you know hiding all the apps on your laptop, putting your phone in a separate area, you do whatever you have to do, but that really helped me. And getting dressed. Like don't sit in your pajamas all day. And it doesn't even matter if you're sitting, if you're like working out, showering, and even if you're not working out um, and putting back on comfortable clothes, that's fine. But changing out of whatever you slept in. I'm so the same. I'm like, I wear comfortable clothes, but I take a shower and I put on like comfortable clothes because it's like, otherwise it just all becomes, I say it's like an amoeba. You're like an amoeba (laughs) and there's like no... You have to change your attire as well as the scene, like environment. Like here's your workstation. Yeah, yeah I'm the same way. I, Definitely. I, there you go, folks. So if you're working from home, make sure you change out of your pajamas, brush your teeth, maybe put on some makeup and make it be professional so that you feel like you are actually stepping into a different environment. Thank you for that advice, Freckle Foodie, Cameron. And I'm so happy to be able to continue this conversation with 
Cami, the freckled foodie, next week. So tune in for our part two. And as always, I'm pulling for you, especially in these times of crazy uncertainty. We're all in this together. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.